Hey, it's Heidi from Butcher Babies, and you are listening to Talk To Me. This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your host, Joshua Toomey, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore A new life to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. Welcome to Talk To Me, the official podcast of Metal Nexus. Head over and get all of your news, reviews, and interviews at MetalNexus.net. This is episode 148, and the guest this week is Heidi Shepard of The Butcher Babies. Heidi and I discuss so many topics. I know I've had a lot of ladies on the podcast lately with Wendy Dio, Sean Yassault of White Zombie, now Heidi Shepard, and uh, we get into a little bit more of the female perspective of the metal music scene. It's an incredible chat with Heidi, and I hope you guys have have as much fun listening to it as I did uh, doing the interview and also editing the podcast. And speaking of you guys having fun with the podcast, the Sean Yassault episode went absolutely crazy. I don't know where all the downloads came from, but they came they came pouring in. And uh, the Sean Yassault of White Zombie episode is now the third most downloaded podcast in the history of talk to me, uh, just behind Glenn Benton and Jim Brewer. So man, I did not expect you guys to go that crazy over that podcast. You know, that these are the times where it's cool for my show to be associated with such bands as white zombie and even the butcher babies. And, you know, back to, you know, being, uh, fill in someone Pantera or machine head or just any kind of, any time news goes out and it's like, you know, those band names are associated to the talk to me podcast. It, uh, I, I never, I never, it never gets old. So thank you guys for checking that out. And if you're new to the podcast, thank you for coming back and hopefully you will share with your friends and let everyone know what I am doing over here at the talk to me podcast. Uh, let's get into a little bit of business before we get into our Heidi Shepard interview. And that is the Rock and Pot Expo, August 25th in Nashville, Tennessee. If you guys are into rock and roll, if you guys are into heavy metal, and if you guys are into great podcasting, make sure and check out the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo in Nashville, Tennessee, August 25th. There have been some great guests announced, and and from what I'm hearing, some of the hugest guests have yet to be announced. So make sure you are heading over to NashvilleRockInPodExpo.com and keeping tabs on what they're doing. And if you want to help donate to the cause and get this thing going like we did last year, we had so many great donations last year. Let's keep that going this year and head over to Nashville Rock in Pod Expo and see all the great uh, all the great podcasts out there have a lot of wonderful tiers and donations. And uh, there's even some auction type stuff going on. And if you want to co-host the Talk To Me podcast, which I know all of you out there want to do, Head over to Nashville Rock and Pot Expo, donate $50 to the Rock and Pot Expo GoFundMe, and you get to not only co-host the show, that also gives you early admission into the expo. And from what I'm hearing, they're also doing some uh, bonus podcasts up from, from now until the expo and even beyond that are uh, that are for, for early adopters only. So uh, a lot of podcast mashups, a lot of hosts from different episodes getting together and, uh, and you know, co- co-hosts that you might not think. And uh, from what I can tell so far, man, it's been a lot of fun. I can't wait to see who I get paired up with. Head over to NashvilleRockInPodExpo.com. Follow everything that they do. Support what Chris Sinzak and the Dust Book Geek Podcast are doing and all of the great podcasts that will be there. And make sure if you donate in the name of Talk To Me to put that in the comments so that the guys know that you guys are, are supporting this. If, even if you can donate five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever to the cause, donate it in the name of Talk To Me. And let's show not only Decibel Geek, but the Rock and Metal Combat podcast that the Talk To Me listeners are out in droves. Talk To Me is brought to you by Good Company with Bowling, and that's my good friend over there, Scott Bowling, and his great YouTube show, Good Company with Bowling. And we've, like we've said in the past, so many great guests like Head from Corn, Elias from Nonpoint. You've got the guys in uh, Seven Dust, as such as LeJean Witherspoon and 
Clint Lowry. You've also got Corey Lowry, formerly of Stuck Mojo. You can also find his episode with Bones from Stuck Mojo, uh, Eric Rogers of Stereo Mud, all kinds of great stuff. And Scott informed me today that he also has Rich Ward of Stuck Mojo coming up and Fozzie and also Sonny from POD, an episode with him coming up too. And if you guys enjoy interview style podcasting or interview style shows, make sure you're checking out Good company with bowling because the the professionalism of the of the show alone will keep you coming back. So, like I said, support what he's doing and make sure when you go over to check him out on YouTube or whatnot, leave in the comments that you heard about him on Talk to Me, and uh, that would be much appreciated. And another great thing is Patreon.com/slash Talk to Me. If you are a patron over there, you would have known the Heidi Shepherd episode was coming up because I posted it to my patrons. Also, uh, next week's guest. Are also was also up there. Some of the patrons got to ask a question to the artist. So if you want to go on and be one of the uh, inner circle of the Talk To Me podcast and know about interviews before the general public does, make sure to head over to uh, patreon.com slash talk to me and pick out a tier, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, uh, even up to ten dollars a month. And it'd be much appreciated, man, because it, it every every little bit helps. And like I say each and every week, that if, uh, if every listener chipped in a buck i mean hell if every listener of the shanya salt episode chipped in a buck i could quit the day job and uh and and it would be uh fantastic but uh but yeah so if you want to support what i'm doing over here if you like what i'm doing over here if you want to know what's coming up in the future make sure to head over to patreon.com slash talk to me and throw a couple of bucks at the in the proverbial uh virtual tip jar but now that we've got all that out of the way Let's get into some music. Let's get into Rob Rivera's pick from the kit. And then let's get into what everyone is here for. My conversation with Heidi Shepard of the Butcher Babies. What's up, everybody? Rob Rivera from Nonpoint here on my weekly uh, Rob's pick from the kit here on the Talk To Me podcast. Uh, This week, uh, we're going to pick uh, Butcher Babies. with the song Look What We've Done uh, from their latest record, Lilith. We've had a pretty good relationship with them uh, actually a few, for a few years now. Uh, we've done numerous shows together. Uh, we toured together actually in Australia for the Soundwave Festival, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, we'd actually uh, got to share a dressing room with them, and I can't remember which of the cities it was, but I'm not sure if it was Elias or me, but we started talking about... Uh, doing a run and their name always came up on our radar you know uh for bands we'd like to tour with uh those girls work their asses off i mean carla and heidi are very very like social media engaged i mean they're totally engaged and i just love their posts you know like how much they promote the band shows like the passion and the drive they have for the band and uh it's been really, really cool to, to uh, feedback, you know, from the fans. Uh, you know, a lot of our fans dig the Butcher Baby, so I think it's going to be a really fun tour, you know, and not only with them, with Kane Hill and Sumo Psycho, and this starts April 25th in Dallas, Texas. Um, one thing I can say uh, about the Butcher Babies that uh, is something that I don't see very often, but uh, they, Carl and Heidi just have no diva attitudes, and... and not to say other girls do, but I mean, I'm just talking about personal experience from meeting them. They just have some of the coolest attitudes. They're like the sweetest people. I'm just so excited to have them out. And uh, it's been amazing staying in touch with Heidi before the tour and talking about, uh, you know, and hanging out and whatnot. So hoping we get to hang out quite a bit with them. They need to have their tour bus parties that you know it may take up some time and we not be able to hang out and i'm hoping that that there's some days that we can uh, chill together and get to know them a little bit better but uh without further ado this is butcher babies with look what we've done this is our latest single they're going to be sending out to radio so call your radio station and request this song it's got one of the cooler hooks that i've heard in a while so here you go butcher babies
want to start off with something kind of funny. And I noticed the other day that you had posted about Garth Brooks, and um, yeah. and the same exact day, my Facebook memories was of a of a Garth Brooks show I went to, and I was like, he just came out like a goddamn Pantera show. So uh, so Garth rules, man. I'm, I'm glad you were uh, showing some love for Garth Brooks online. Oh yeah, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of Garth Brooks. I it started with my mom. My mom's a big fan of him, and. You know, I'm obviously a heavy metal chick and a heavy metal band, but I like all types of music. And I think that that's like, that's something that rounds me out as a musician is I can appreciate all types of music and especially Garth Brooks. And, you know, I have tried so hard to see him live because I've heard that that show is just something you have to see in your lifetime. And every single time it's fallen through. So, I'm, you know, that's on my bucket list for this year. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where he, you know, he comes out there with his band and his, you know, his acoustic guitar. And, I, you know, he's in a giant arena, you know, 15, 20,000 people. But he feels like your uncle playing guitar in your living room. And it's just a jam. <laughs> you know, there's it's it's nonchalant, but it's like he's got an energy about him. And the fact that he does two shows a night, two nights in a row... And and I've I asked people I was like by the fourth show is he just gassed because I mean his energy level is beyond and he's not a not a fit man so it's a pretty crazy yeah. show. I didn't know he did two in a night. Oh my god, that makes me feel like such a pansy. <laughs> two sold out <laughs> arena shows a night, no opener, oh, just just guess, Garth Brooks. I guess the energy that he gets from the crowd and the energy he puts out there probably keeps him going through it. That's just, that's awesome. Wow. Well, I have to see that someday. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely worth it. And, uh, you know, I think I grew up in Nashville. I live in Louisville now, but I grew up in Nashville and I think he did 10 straight nights in Nashville sold out or some, some crazy, some crazy number. Yeah. It was like, uh, over Christmas, right? Yeah. Around that time. Yeah. I was, I tried really hard to get to one of those shows. Fell through, of course. <laughs> and plus, he's you know yeah. a, a a metal kid at heart. I mean, you know, he grew up listening to Kiss and all that stuff too. So, he's, oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, he was I on the uh, you know Kid, he was on the Kiss tribute album in the '90s, and he always talks about uh, you know listening to uh, Kiss in the '70s and stuff, and going to school listening to him. So, and yeah, oh, that's cool. Good dude, good dudes. But uh, <laughs> on to you. Um, you've got the big Kings and Queens tour with Nonpoint coming up. Obviously, Robert Vera is a huge uh, contributor to this show. Um, how did you guys come together to 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 do a tour together? Well, we've actually wanted to tour together for years. Um, We've been friends with Nonpoint since, uh, I mean, basically since we started as a band, like nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw their energy on stage and we're like, wow, this is incredible. And they watched us play one night and came up and said the same thing to us. And so, you know, we kind of just created this bond and we've wanted to tour together for years and years and it just hasn't worked out. So when the opportunity arose for this tour, uh, immediately both of us jumped on the idea and kind of put our brains together and picked the openers. And, you know, we really are excited because it's going to be a night of just, you know, intense energy, mm-hmm. which obviously you see that, you know, Nonpoint puts out, our show puts out, Kane Hill, the Incredible Lives, Sumo Psycho, we toured with them in the, um, in the UK and Europe. And I'm just, I'm such a fan of their live show and their fun music. And so I'm just, I'm pumped. I haven't been this pumped for a tour in a while. So I'm excited. I think it's a good package too. It's, it's a good, you know, two strong bands together, you know, and that's kind of the landscape of the touring world right now is you kind of have to, you can't just necessarily go out by yourself. You need a package. You need to make it an event because there are so many shows going on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, and I, you know, I'm a, same way you know I'll, because I'm in the business I'll go see a band I like even if they're playing by themselves but I think that a lot of people you know they'd want to spend their hard-earned money on a on a giant package it's going to be uh you know something that's memorable to them in every sense every single band is on their bucket list of bands to see and I think that that's something that uh is exciting that's going on in the industry right now um, you know, you see all these huge bands touring together and then, you know, some of your, your low key favorite ones touring together too. And I see that, you know, there's, um, a lot of female bands, you know, bonding together and touring together as well. And I think that it's really, it's really unique and a fun time, uh, to be a fan of the rock genre. 
Now, the term female-fronted has been kind of blasted here recently. What's your, what's your feeling on the term, you know, uh, like basically a genre tag of female-fronted? Well, I don't really see it as a genre tag. I, you know, I've been, Butcher Babies has been together for nine years. So when we came out, there weren't very many of, you know, these bands fronted by these, you know, in, intense, uh, crazy ladies like us. <laughs> but, um, there, you know, there were a couple, but there really were not nearly as many as there are today. I mean, it's like, it's like 5,000 <laughs> times more <laughs> right. than it used to be. Um, but, you know, when people first started saying that to us, I took offense to it because I was like, that's not, I don't, you know, don't judge me because I'm a girl. Right. <laughs> judge me because of the music I make. And I still stand by that. But I'm not, as time has gone on, I'm not offended by the term female-fronted anymore. I actually see it as something that, you know, we are strong ladies making a splash in this industry that has been dominated by men, you know, the entire time it's been around. And I, and, you know, it you know, started by men, dominated by men and, and we're coming in, we're making a scene. And I, I think that that's something to be proud of now. Um, you know, as I said, my stance has changed completely over the years, but I, I really see it as a positive thing. And, you know, I have this playlist on Spotify called Sisters That Slay. And, I, you know, I dedicate it to all the females out there slaying it as the front women of their band. It doesn't really matter what genre they are. They're out there making, you know, pushing it for the females in this industry. And I've had a, a couple of metal bands be like, uh, we're not female fronted. And I'm like... Okay, honey. <laughs> Technically. Um, well, your vagina says you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I that's kind of where where I stand on it. It's more of like a, an empowering thing to show these girls that no matter what you look like, where you came from, your gender, it doesn't matter. If you have a love for something, go out there and do it. And I'm super honored and proud to be a part of this movement of women doing strong things. And so I don't really care what people call it. <laughs> I don't care. If they want to call it female fronted, by all means, I'll go by it. If they want to just call us a metal band, that's what we call ourselves. So that's fine too. So doesn't matter to me. So, so I'd posted a while back about, um, you know, I'd gotten a, a revolver magazine or, or whatever, whatever does like, you know, the 25 hottest ladies in metal type, type countdowns. And I'm like, is mm-hmm. this, I honestly posted this, like, is this still a thing? Do you view that as, as a thing or like an, or a vehicle to kind of get your message out there? Like, yeah, it kind of sucks that, you know, we have to still be put in a list of 25 hottest bands, but at the same time, it's still press. Well, the way that they went about it was like, who's hot right now? You know, like, ooh, what's like, what's the enrage, like all the rage type mm-hmm. thing. It really wasn't a battle of who's the prettiest, even though it, it kind of came across like that because it's like, you use the term hot. Right. Um, but, you know, it's not a thing anymore. Um, Revolvers hasn't done that in uh, like a year now, I think. Um, they shelved that idea, which I think was probably a good idea. Yeah. I did like that it was, you know, for years and years and years, it was giving a month of their magazine to, you know, the females who, you know, they, I was hard for girls to get into magazines and press in the rock world for a long time because it was like, ah, I'm not going to take you seriously. You're a girl. So it was really cool for them to start, you know, acknowledging and admiring these females. And it, it but then it became a pissing contest of who's hot and who's right. not. So I'm glad that they kind of shelved it. But, um, you know, when, when we first started getting recognized on that, it was, uh, it was really unique and neat for us to be placed in a magazine with all these, successful women whom I looked up to. I mean, when I, you know, before, before Butcher Baby started, you know, I looked up to Christina Scabia, Lizzie Hale, Maria Brink, and then to finally be in these magazines and, you know, you know, being able to kind of be a peer with people I looked up to, um, that was a really, really cool and unique moment in my life. And so I look at that as a positive thing for us and, and kind of lit a fire under our asses to be like, oh shit, we want to be on the par with these ladies. Like, let's push ourselves even harder and harder and harder. So, um, you know, you could look at it as a double-edged sword <laughs> in that way. 
So maybe if it wasn't necessarily labeled the 25 hottest ladies, maybe if it was labeled the 25 ladies making the most noise, you know, it wouldn't sound so, yeah. you know, like a, like a stigma on it. Yeah, you know, and I've been I've been known to be kind of vocal about things like this and because there are some uh there was this this interview I did in like 2014 or some shit like that and you know, they had this bracket of women and each week people would vote these girls uh against each other and and try and push these girls to be like vote for me for you know hottest this person and it's like that bothered me and Mm. not only that but they put carla and i in different brackets which is and then i you know i confronted him about that and i said why would you try and tear us apart and have our fan base vote between the two of us. What the fuck is that about? I was like, we're not cheerleaders. This isn't, you know, a homecoming team type thing. I was like, that's ridiculous. Like we're in the same band here. We're making the same noise. And he was like, well, it's not just who's hot. It's uh, music videos. I'm like, yeah, but we make the same music videos. And I said, I will not go online and tell my fan base to vote for me over Carla. And she will not do the same. And in fact, I will not go to tell my friends to vote me hotter right. than <laughs> than any girl in this industry. And he blasted me online for that. But I still stand by that. I just think that that's kind of like a ridiculous thing where they try and turn girls against each other mm-hmm. uh, based on our looks right. rather than Talents. You know, our music. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking, I was like, if I was put in a bracket of like hottest podcasters, I would be like, hey, here we go. Let's bring it on. <laughs> and I might have a fighting chance in that. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. That's a good way to that's a good way to look at it. But the um I mean, I guess it's just because everything is so, you know, sexualized and things like that. And and honestly, I I promise you I had like music questions written down. But but even in that but even in that I had to stop myself because all of my questions started out you know, not not as, as as silly as like what's it like being a girl in metal, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it did focus on you being a woman, and no mm-hmm. other interview I do focuses on the guy being a guy. You know, so it's it's yeah. But at the same time, I personally have questions that I need answers to, and you you know, so you happen to be a woman. You know, so it's kind of well, like I understand a, that because that's not something that you would know about. Right. <laughs> so I get that, but. But when the one we're kind of getting to is the fact that within the last year or so, you've gotten a lot of women that have become empowered. You know, you've got the Me Too movement. You've got, you know, guys in bands thinking about what they did on tour and like, oh, shit, will that come back to haunt me? You know, you've got <laughs> you've got a lot of dudes thinking, you know, I think I think that's that's scared a lot of people, you know, not not that a lot of these dudes are on the level of like a Harvey Weinstein. But, you know, you, you know, you got your guy in any touring band out there that one girl comes across and says, you know, he did this. I mean, that ruins careers, you know, for the actions yeah. he did. So you've got, you know, you've got a lot of, I'm sure the touring world right now is probably pretty tame if I had to, uh, to say so myself. It has been tame over the past. I mean, ever since I've been touring, it's been pretty tame. Like we're the party band and we just throw back Jaeger. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's like, Hey, go to the butcher baby bus. They've got the Jaeger. You know, it's, I mean, it's, I, I'm sure, you know, my band, we don't even smoke weed. Right. <laughs> we drink, we drink alcohol, but we don't even smoke weed. But you know, there are some bands that smoke weed, but like, like drugs, sex and rock and roll, those things don't really go together anymore. It's, and I've noticed that, you know, since I've been touring. Like you said, you've been touring the last nine years. I mean, even with the, a thing like decapitated, something you know, like those guys got you know put through the ringer and whatever ended up truly happening there, we may never know. But you know, it it could have yeah. ruined their lives, and it could have just been, you know, it could have and it couldn't have. I don't want to say either way. Oh, I agree. But the other thing I noticed, you, you did post something kind of funny, and it made me think about going through getting ready for the interview, watching old interviews and watching videos and things like that, watching live performances and. <laughs> the 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 quote you said like have you said something nice to someone on the internet today um you posted that a couple of days ago on twitter and it's funny because the comment section on any anything you guys do is absolutely just hilarious oh yeah came for the tits songs okay you know like a lot of that type stuff yeah it's a, that's you know it's been that way from the beginning and i you know i was uh i grew up 
acting. Like uh, I was a child actor mm-hmm. and then I did radio. I was a radio DJ for years. And so I've been in kind of the, I put myself out there for people to say things about me my entire life. Yeah. I was a, you know, collegiate athlete and also um, a, a professional cheerleader. So I've had things said about me my entire life. So nothing someone can say about me on the internet isn't something I've heard before. (laughs) It doesn't bother me. (laughs) So I actually don't read it, but I, I, you know, a lot of people do bring it up. The reason I said something like that is just to try and spread, you know, some sort of positivity. It seems like people, these keyboard warriors, they feel so powerful behind their keyboard, you know, but it's mostly just small minded people making stupid accusations or stupid comments that really make other people feel terrible. You know, I've been lucky that I've been, I've had to develop really thick skin throughout my life and the different things that I've done that it doesn't affect me, but it affects other people. And I see it affect other people. I see it affect my peers, other, other females in this industry and not even in just this industry, but Mm -hmm. in general, you know, I sat down with, um, you know, my, my friend Mixie from Stitched Apart, when they first started getting a you know a bunch of notoriety a couple of years ago, we, I kind of sat down with her and I was like, "Hey, just so you know, this is the kind of shit you're gonna get." And and uh, you know, and Lauren Hart from Once Human reached out to me and she was like, "How do you deal with this?" You know, it's like I see that my peers and other females and not even just females, dudes too, just people dealing with this negativity all the time and it's like I wanted to post something to be like tag somebody say something nice like let's start this day off right Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's start this day off with and and not only will it make that person feel better about themselves it'll make you feel better because you made them feel better (laughs) you know it's just it's like the you know starting that cycle rather than the negative like the negativity going around so that's kind of where I was going with that. And the the entire internet itself is just kind of becoming a cesspool of hate. Oh, yeah. If you get online and people are talking about, well, this entire group of people are terrible, you know, people on welfare are terrible. And you're like, yeah, people on welfare are terrible and they're taking all your money. And then someone goes, but your cousin's on welfare. And you're like, well, not her. She's awesome. But everyone else on welfare <laughs> is terrible. So it's like, it's like you can't you know, lump groups of people in together and assume that they're all bad, you know, even, even a Trump supporter or Hillary supporter, Trump supporters are terrible, but your grandma's a Trump supporter, but you love your grandma. So it's like, you know, you, you, you can't just lump them all and say that they're all bad and they just might have some misguided views. <laughs> I fully agree, you know, and everyone's opinion or everyone's entitled to their own opinion of whatever they want. It's like, I don't need to let that affect my day. <laughs> so, well, let's actually talk some music because that's what we're here for. Um, so, so Lilith comes out last year. How has the reception to the album been? Oh, better better than any of the others. <laughs> uh, you know, when Lilith came out, we were a little nervous because we took a bunch of time off to mm-hmm. kind of write and rebuild. Um, we had a member change for, for the very first time in our career, and um, which was a very positive thing. But it's still, you know, working on your chemistry, seeing how you write together takes time. And because... Um, in Butcher Babies, we all write. It's not like one or two people. It's, mm-hmm. it's all five of us. So, you know, kind of sitting down and, and busting out these songs and feeling our groove. And, um, you know, we decided to take our time with it. So we took time off of touring and uh, and everything to just really hone in on this. And uh, so we were a little nervous <laughs> going into it. And it debuted number one on the metal chart and number seven on the rock charts and, and, you know, the songs were playing, being played and people were like, wow, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I I didn't know what to expect from a third album because you never know, like, is the band going to change their sound? Are they going to evolve too much? Not enough. Are they going to put out the same album twice? So uh, it it was really exciting to see that people were really latching onto it. And even the songs that are a little bit, different than the normal direction we go in Mm -hmm. our fan base is so cool because they allow us to experiment and be different but you know also we also have that thrashiness in some of the songs that they love and we've become known for and so you know this album's been received really well even critically acclaimed um you know people were like oh i didn't like their last two albums i really like this one or 
wow, I liked their last two albums. This one blew me out of the water. So it's it's really cool to see, uh, you know, for the most part, I'd say 99%, you know, positive reviews from people about it. The one song that always still jumps out to me every time I listen to it is Pomona. I don't know why, but that is like, that is a jam. Yeah. Like, tell me, how did that song come together? <laughs> so uh, we were writing that song and we're, we're all, you know, we take our music seriously, of course, but we're just, we're silly people. And you can see it in our stage show. You can, you can tell, you know, if we all hang out, like we're just a bunch of dorks and we have like dumb bus parties or jam to like nineties rap and we're all just bouncing, you know, we're just like, we're just silly kids. And so we wanted to kind of write something that kind of, that came across with. And, uh, the, you know, the music started coming along to this song and we had the idea of kind of doing like a institutionalized, if you will, like, a you know, just kind of a story of like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and something that most of us, I'd say most people can relate to is that moment you wake up in the morning, you're like, what the fuck happened last night? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and uh, we've all gone through that, the band. And so, you know, we thought that that would be really funny to come up with a, a story and tell the story through it. And in fact, our, our drummer, Chase, he's the one who came up with the chorus idea. <laughs> we came up with the pattern and he was like, what if we just yell fuck and shit the whole time? We're like, you're a genius. <laughs> it sounds like that's definitely a drummer written. idea. What if we just uh, yell <laughs> fuck and shit to, to the beat yeah. of my snare drum? <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what happened. And, and, uh, and, you know, it's one of our favorites to play live too. And it's fun because you look out in the crowd and you just see people like, Hey, I, I know this. I could yell that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a really, really a, a fun song. We wanted to do a, a music video for it, but we haven't been able to yet, but just, uh, kind of telling the story, like, actually going to Pomona and shooting this music video. <laughs> so did, did something we'll actually happen in Pomona? Are you guys like from the Pomona area? Like what, what, what is nope. so significant about Pomona? <laughs> we seriously, we just were throwing out city names that are kind of like, why would you ever be in this city unless you're like going to a concert or we're like, why would you ever go to Pomona? Well, <laughs> that's actually a perfect city name for this. We're not going to say like, why would you go to El Monte? Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, we just picked like a, a random, like a medium sized city close to us. Nice. Yeah. And plus with you talking about Jaeger, I think the a few times that I've woke up the next day going, what the hell happened? It all involved around, you know, all uh, revolved yeah. around Jaeger. So. <laughs> yeah. See? See, see, it connects with so many people. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the, you know, the the Wendy O. Williams, uh, you know, famed nipple tape. Um, yeah. Looking back on it now, three albums in, trying to, you know, trying to kind of shed that that the early days of you know topless stuff. Obviously, it's an ode to Wendy O. Williams, and people like me got it, but I don't think obviously the maybe the mass general public didn't get it. So looking back, was it a good idea or a bad idea? Um, I think it was a good idea. It was something that uh, people were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did it in our our band previous to Put Your Babies too, so it wasn't like something new to us. Um, But we, uh, you know, it's an interesting question because I think that in a lot of ways it definitely hurt how we've grown. But I also think that it was something that we, it was a message that we stood for. And, mm-hmm. you know, the people who didn't get it and it got lost in translation, well, now they know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in Europe, it seems like more people understood, mm-hmm. which is really, I mean, it kind of makes sense. But um, it seems like in the U.S., it was like, I'm like, well, did people forget about her? <laughs> how did, how, is the metal community not understand this? But um, I don't think that it was a bad idea. I think it was something that I did and I'm proud of. And I don't really hold any regrets. I think that in life in general, just these situations built to the bigger picture. And I think that, um, you know, having had that past and where we are now, it's kind of a cool evolution of the band, too. It's unique. We went from being, you know, these young girls bouncing around in nipple tape, screaming hateful things into microphones to women, you know, almost a decade later, grown up in the industry, helped with this, you know, 
women's movement, if you will. And I, I think that, you know, this, that sort of thing helped me become the woman I am today. Uh, it's really interesting because when we realized that, you know, young girls were looking up to us and we had a responsibility of being a positive role model, it really changed my life for the better too. I started living my life more positively. And I think you can see that in the evolution of our look, you can hear it in the evolution of our music. And, um, you know, so in that sense, yeah, I'm fucking proud of it. (laughs) And I think obviously if you were doing it to garner some attention, I mean, obviously it garnered attention, even if it, you know, even if it wasn't owed to Wendy Williams, I mean, it, you know, definitely like, Oh my God, there's this band, you know, and there's two girls in there, you know, got their nipple tape and stuff like that. I mean, obviously that's a, uh, a talking point amongst the uh, metal community. Oh yeah, totally. But you know, that was not ever anything that ever went through my mind was, Oh, this will help us get attention because I was in a band for a year prior to that, that did that. I didn't think that, I didn't think that it would ever end up here. <laughs> I didn't think that it would ever, you know, uh, amount to anything. I just thought we were going to have some fun playing with our, fr- you know, playing some original music mm-hmm. with our friends along the Sunset Strip because that's what we did before. The only difference was before it was five girls and covers. And that's the reason we created Butcher Babies is to do original stuff. And I had no idea. It was not to get attention <laughs> by any means. It really was an ode. But yeah, I could totally see how the metal community is like, oh, just took the tits out to get attention. It's like, all right, whatever. I, I can't blame you for thinking that. <laughs> I do remember seeing Wendy Williams on like Headbangers Ball as a kid, and they would play her videos on Headbangers Ball, like on the bus and stuff like that. And, and like, you know, seeing that nipple tape as a 14-year-old kid going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest right? thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So, so I, I, I get it. Ish, you know, it was it was awesome as a kid, and good on you for for tributizing her. Well, I just love what she did. You know, for us in general. Um, you know, she obviously didn't realize it. You know, by the time she left this earth, but you know, she definitely paved the way for girls like me and girls like anyone in this industry to go out there and have a voice and and you know, not really like able to tell the music industry, it doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter, um, you know, what you sound like, don't tell me what to look like, don't tell me what to sound like, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it, she really did uh, um, multiple things for girls in this industry. The, the one thing that always bothers me about the female-fronted band is the girl will put so much time and effort into her look and then you got like four schlubs on stage, you know, it's like, it's like, they just like roll out of bed and they throw on the shirt and the jeans and the shoes they wore yesterday. And you've got this like absolutely beautiful woman up front and you're like, come on guys, let's, let's all try to try to try to pitch in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting from, from day one, we kind of decided that we wanted to look like a band and um, the way to, we wore the tape without like any other top just for a couple of months. But then we wore like dresses or flannels and Mm -hmm. stuff with it. And we kind of did, you know, the the boys would kind of have this, I don't know, like how boy bands do it, you know, like, so <laughs> they've got like, they've got like a certain part of red in a certain spot. Yeah, yeah, I got, or, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. Everyone's wearing flannel. There's a or, theme. You know, there's a, yeah, it's a theme. Thank you. There's a theme behind it. And um, from the beginning, we really wanted to hone in on that. Like, what can be our look? And we still do that. We still are like, what's our look for this tour? What's our look for this album? How do we want to look? Do we, you know? And so that's something that I really think is important as a band in general, not just you know with a, a girl in the front trying to be her, you know, the prettiest she can be. I think in general, a band needs to look like a band, whether they look like rock and rollers, they look like heavy metalers, or they look like a pop band. <laughs> they you know they need to look like a band, a unit. That's what I think. And I will point the finger at myself because I did play some shows with a female fronted band and she would, uh, she would be on the bus getting ready, you know, in the mirror, in the hallway of the, uh, of the, between the bunks, you know, getting ready. And I'm like stepping over in my like dirty jeans ready to get on stage. So, so I, I was part of the problem. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I can, I can point the finger at myself too. That's funny. Ah, I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> so what's the what's the plan with Butcher Babies now? Obviously, the album has been out for a few months now, touring the rest of the year. Already ideas for new music. What's going on there? Well, we're always writing. 
always. Um, I think that that's just part of who we are as people. We're always writing, always doing creative stuff. Um, I'm actually standing in front of my studio in my house right now, looking at the Kemper setup, the piano setup, the guitars on the walls. <laughs> and this is like a, the normal hangout spot every night, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with different uh, tones, ideas, uh, piano parts, kind of what we're kind of like going through right now. But we're always writing, we're always creating, but the main focus right now is just pushing Lilith to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we never We've never ever set long-term goals. We like our short-term goals because I feel like that always leads to a big picture. And for us, our you know our next goal is to go out there and crush the Kings and Queens tour, and hopefully you know make some new fans and bring our our regular fan base out and you know show them Lilith. And and we also have a, a lot of new things planned for this show tour production-wise. But um, you know we're going to be crushing the rest of the year, just touring, 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 and and then you know when. When it's done, we'll throw out a new record. We'll see. <laughs> you guys toured the Black Label Society, correct? Yes, twice. Yeah, we, we did. And how was touring with Zach? Oh my gosh, he's so funny. <laughs> I absolutely love his Instagram videos. Oh, he's so funny. And he's like that in person, too. He, he would walk on our bus and be like, keep it Catholic and walk <laughs> out. <laughs> he's just so funny. But honestly, that was that was so much fun. Uh, one of the tours, what we had um, down on that tour oh, as wow. well. And so that was just absolutely incredible. Two metal gods. Mm-hmm. Um, the the tour is actually called um, Golden Gods. <laughs> yes. And uh, that was just incredible. And the other one was with Hatebreed and Black Label. And uh, both of them, just the crowds were insane. And we were actually nervous the first time we went out with them thinking, are they going to respond to us? Is this a fan base that is going to like us? But I feel like their fan base is really open to seeing new stuff and, and getting into it. And they definitely knew how to throw down. So that was really fun. And Zach rules. <laughs> <laughs> so was Carla stalking Phil the entire tour? Like, give me some vocal tips. Oh, <laughs> You know, I'm just going to give you this moment that was one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. Okay. So I've seen a couple times throughout the tour, I looked over and I saw Phil watching our set and thought that that was just super cool. Obviously, he's just, you know, getting ready and checking out the stage or whatever, but it was cool to see him watching us. Well, he had to, they were only scheduled to play like the first, three quarters of the tour and then they weren't on the last quarter and um when he was leaving the last day that they played he was leaving he came up to me and he put his hand on my head and he's like I bestow into you the gift of success (laughs) and then he turned around and walked away like a fucking movie turns around and says to me actually it's a curse and kept walking and I was like (gasps) I cried i seriously burst into tears. I was like, this is the coolest moment of my entire life. Nothing will ever, ever happen. That's cooler than this. But it was so cool. He's a, he's, he was a nice guy too. We didn't ask him for any vocal tips, but we did drink a lot of Jaeger with him. That was cool. (laughs) That's awesome. That reminds me, there was a recent video of a twisted sister playing in um, Mexico, somewhere down in Mexico. And you know, they're, they're playing, we're not going to take it. And you're like watching it and you're like, cool. And then it kind of pans a little bit and you see the side of the stage. And Phil is just like having the time of his life, like singing every word to some twisted sister. It's one of the best like fan moments I've ever seen. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's, you know, it's so neat to look like see people you idolize watching the people they idolize. Yeah. So fucking cool. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's always we're all great. fans. Oh yeah. We're all fans. And you know, in the, in the beginning and in the end, we're all fans and that's why we all chose to do this. So <laughs> it's, that's, that's a neat thing. All right. Final question. Just, uh, you said you write, you all, you guys all write together and, um, you know, how do you and Carla kind of, kind of divvy up the vocal duties? It's usually a fight to the death. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, we write with the intention of of different vocalists is going to take this part. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you can come in here and then I'll come in here. Or sometimes we'll write separately and we'll, we'll come together and put, you know, oh, this, this fits perfectly as a verse and I'll write the chorus. Just like you can hear in um, a song like 
thrown away on the last album. She came in with the verses and I had the chorus that I was, you know, we were both sold on each other's parts. I'm like, you know what? You sing that part. You sing the whole verse and I'll sing the chorus and then we'll divvy up the bridge. You know, it's just, it's just kind of different in each, each way, but we, we write with the intention of that. All right. And let's leave with a song off of Lilith. What, uh, what song would you like to listen to and uh, give us a little story about it? Um, I'll give you our newest, it's going to be our next metal single because we have radio and metal singles and they're separate for some reason. Um, (laughs) our next metal single is going to be the Huntsman. And this song is kind of touching on that basic natural human instinct of sexual behavior, which is something that we had never, ever written before in our entire career. We've never, if you look back at our catalog, nothing sexual, but we decided to kind of abandon that pigeonhole for this album and really dive into that natural human instinct. And so you can hear that in the song, The Huntsman. It's about control and uh, in that feeling of control in, in a sexual relationship. So hope you like it. <laughs>
And once again, a huge thank you to Heidi Shepard of Butcher Babies for coming on the podcast. This was set up through Rob Rivera of Nonpoint because of their upcoming tour. But, you know, just from talking to her, she was aware of the show. That, to me, is speaks volumes to what we're doing over here. So, like I said at the beginning, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash talk to me. Choose a tier. Get some cool stuff. You know, go on to Amazon, search out the Talk To Me podcast, get yourself a Talk To Me t-shirt, you know, go into the show notes. That's where you can find all of this good stuff. All of the links are there. And uh, once again, just thank you so much to uh, Heidi Shepard. Thanks to Rob Rivera for helping set that up. Thanks to our good friends over there at Good Company for for supporting the podcast, for sponsoring the podcast. And also make sure you guys are going over to Nashville Rock and Pot Expo and uh, supporting that because that's where I will be on August 25th. And if you are not there, you are a square. So until next Thursday, I am Joshua Toomey. This has been the Talk To Me podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, and I will talk to you soon.